Hey everybody, what's going on? So, um, I want to, let me just get the sponsors out of the way first, because I don't want, I don't know how this one's going to end, so I don't want to like, uh, like, I don't know, mention sponsors on a bummer note or whatever. So, uh, first off, Pacific Grappler, um, always, always a sponsor of this, uh, podcast. Uh, they've hooked me up in the past with, uh, some really great apparel items. Um, I do jujitsu. Uh, so if, if anybody out there, you know, grapplers of all kinds, wrestlers, they've, they've sponsored some, some, you know, wrestling clinics and, and jujitsu tournaments and, uh, you know, tons of judo events as well. Um, <clears throat> I, I can't say enough nice things about this company. It's run by a, uh, a, a really quality, uh, jujitsu and judo practitioner himself, uh, my buddy Joe, um, they just make really great stuff. The best hoodie I've ever owned, the best my the, my my favorite hat I've ever had, and a bunch of quality T-shirts. You can check them out on Facebook and Instagram. So I encourage you to please do that. Also, uh, Central Translation Services. Uh, they are based here in Okinawa, Japan, but you know they they have a presence on uh, on the on the internet as well. So you can look up Central Translation Services on Facebook if you want anything translated from Japanese to English, English to Japanese, and also a variety of other languages. We're talking legal documents, anything else, uh, a love letter to your favorite uh, uh, you know Japanese porn star. You know if if you wanna if you wanna send uh, Hitomi Tanaka a uh a love letter you know route it through central translation services make sure that you know your your uh your google translate doesn't mess you up get you all flummoxed you know might miss out on a on a on an opportunity there or something right um yeah so anyway on with the show on with the podcast um this one's just gonna be me uh Sherrod is uh is not here right now i've wanted to do another solo one for a little while um, just because, you know, I feel like it's been a while since, you know, we, we just got together and talked just you and, and me as a group, you as, you as a group. And then also me as an individual, um, I want to say, uh, thanks to everybody who, who newly subscribed. I always joke. It's like the people of Canada or whatever, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the metrics are, but we, we gained a few people in, in the last week or so. And I'm really sorry about, you know, anybody who's new to the podcast or any of you who are like suffering longtime listeners, like the audio quality just goes up and down on these things. But like I said, in the last one, I think we finally got that figured out. We finally got that squared away. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be nothing but clear audio from now on. So if you, if you like this and you think our, our stuff is funny or, interesting you want to share it with your friends or whatever you don't have to like hopefully you won't have to tell them like oh yeah here's this thing it's the, the quality's a little weird but here i think they made a good point here or whatever so um hopefully it's a little bit better <clears throat> um so as i'm recording this i just read the news that chester bennington uh from lincoln park took his own life by hanging i'm really bummed out about that about that news. Um, I have a few of their albums, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say like, I'm the biggest Linkin Park fan in the world. I saw him in concert a couple times. Uh, the first time I saw him in concert, I was, I was still living in America. I want to say it was like circa year 2001, maybe. 
Um, I remember I saw them. Man, it's funny. I don't remember who opened for them, and I, and I don't remember who else was there. I know that it was like two or three bands that night. But um, I do remember like there was like a central, a center like catwalk or whatever that like the band members would like come up and down. And I was uh, up against the fence or I was almost up against the fence. There was a girl there um, who was, I guess, about my age at the time. I was probably 18, 17 or 18. And um, like I could tell that like she was like really into it. She knew every word and everything. She was pressed up against the fence and, and was just getting like mauled and manhandled. And like this is not a complete white knight story uh, for, for a reason. But basically what I did was like I, I put one hand on each side of her. She's really little, really small person. I put one hand on each side of her kind of holding the rail. So you know, to kind of, I don't know, create like a little cocoon. So, so she didn't get squished and like, it wasn't like a huge plan or whatever. It's just, you know, I was in, I was in that place at that time and I saw, you know, what was going on or whatever. And, you know, I, I always think it's uh, the responsibility of, uh, you know, bigger creatures to help look out for the smaller creatures. You know what I mean? But, um, not a complete white knight story though. Cause she was also extremely attractive and, like, you know, when you're 17 or 18 and you're, you know, in real close proximity to a really cute girl and, you know, in, in, in a dark, sweaty room, you know, you know, you, you take what you can get at that point, right? Yeah, so I just, I think I just realized, like, how creepy that sounds or whatever, but, um, actually me and that girl, uh, ended up, after the show... Like, I was in a serious, committed, like, long-term relationship, like, serious, like, teenage relationship at the time or whatever, so, like, nothing really transpired from it, but we ended up hanging out after the show, because I was there with a bunch of friends, and I guess she was there with a bunch of friends, but both of us being, uh, I guess, kind of idiots or whatever, were, like, super into, more into the music than our friends were, uh, we both, like, crushed to the front and tried to get to the front, which, I, I mean, we both did. So we ended up uh, talking after the show or whatever and hanging out for probably about an hour afterwards when we were like, I was, I was walking around with her trying to help her find her friends and we found them and I kind of remember her friends kind of giving me this look like, oh, like you found a dude here, weird. And, um, uh, yeah, but then I found my friends and, and, uh, split. So I don't know who you are out there. Maybe you're listening now call me no um yeah so it wasn't it wasn't like a complete creeper moment i feel like she was creeping on me just as much as just as hard as i was creeping on her at the time too uh maybe maybe that's inaccurate maybe this is completely scarring for her like she looks back like that was the day that it all fell apart when i was like protect a hugged by this dude at a at a lincoln park concert and it's all been downhill from here that that's that's what started my ran, rampant alcoholism and all this, but no, I think, uh, I think, you know, there was some reciprocal, uh, hormone activity going on there or whatever, but, um, yeah, that was the first time I saw Linkin Park live that, and, and they had an awesome show. I remember them having a really great show. I remember when hybrid theory came out, uh, when I was living in the States, I was a teenager and like there was like a bunch of like rap rock hybrid stuff going on like 
metal bands with turntables and stuff for some reason at the time. Like it was a big trend, right? Like Kid Rock had come out at about that time. Uh, Everlast released that like Whitey Ford Sings the Blues uh, album. So it was kind of a thing at the time that there was like all this crossover stuff, you know, for, for all you younger listeners who might not, you know, have have the context or just think, you know, it was always around. But they, they were really pioneers in that kind of in that kind of genre, you know, where they where they'd spit like some really fast rhymes. And then at the same time, they'd also, you know, have. Oh, no, my computer's exploding. Um, Lincoln Park were really pioneers in that in that genre and, and kind of in that space. And it was something really new, um, at the time for us, you know, us like Midwestern, you know, music fans, rock fans or, and whatnot to listen to. It was really exciting for us, you know, to, uh, to have this kind of, it, it felt like a new genre, you know, but, um, yeah, I saw him a couple other times after that. Uh, I think, I feel like I saw him two more times after that. One more time for sure because I saw him once here in uh, in Japan. They came and they played a show. And uh, the tickets were like really overpriced for it, I think. But um, it was cool to go see him again. And uh, yeah, they were awesome. They had no opener. Uh, it was just them on stage. And they put on a great show. And, you know, like... For wrong or for right, I always kind of, whenever I go to a concert, and I've been to a ton of concerts, but whenever I go see some live music, you know, I kind of rated on this, like, matrix of, like, you know, how high energy was the show, and during all that running around and jumping off of boxes and, and, you know, spinning while you play your guitar and stuff, how accurate, how album accurate are you? And, like, if, if you look at it, you know, through those metrics, which I should say, by the way, are not the the end all be all metrics to uh, to evaluate something by. But by those metrics, like Linkin Park did a really great job uh, of live performance. Um, yeah. So anyway, back to Chester Bennington. Right. So uh, one thing that I came across as I was reading this morning, a couple things like I don't know. I'm sad, but I'm also so angry. He was 41. He had six kids. Chester had six kids by two different wives, two different women. Um, he was a huge fan and a really good friend of Chris Cornell, who when Chris Cornell uh, <clears throat> died about a month ago, I guess, that one really got me. That one really gutted me. That one got me last year, David Bowie. Uh, passing really got me and uh and prince really got me but i mean with bowie and prince prince was an overdose because i think he was on that fentanyl (coughs) and uh fentanyl is horrible uh you know there's there's a huge opium epidemic in the states right now and like they made this essentially super potent like super opiate fentanyl which which I guess was prescribed to Prince, maybe even Michael Jackson, if I'm remembering this right. And it just, you know, it's super easy to overdose on it. And that's, that's what took, you know, that legend. Right. So I can't really fault them. And you know, that's, that's just stuff that happens in a life, but man, Chris Cornell, uh, killing himself right after that show. And then like, I read the words of his wife and, and 
like the whole world it felt like um mourned chris cornell you know at least you know kind of as as far as like people in my social media and, and stuff that i pay attention to like everybody seemed to be basically equally as distressed about that one as i was and so i wake up to this news you know chester Bankton down and i read through some articles man this is rambly right I read through some articles, and I see that he was a good friend of Chester Bennington, and I see that uh, or Ch- Chester and Chris were friends, and I see that uh, Chris Cornell's wife had said had said something like, "As if I thought my heart couldn't break anymore." Chester even wrote an open letter to to Chris Cornell after his suicide. So I guess in my mind, what I'm getting at is like, I can't help but think that Chester Bennington knew exactly what Chris Cornell's family was going through, what his kids were going through, what his wife was going through, what the world was going through in mourning Chris Cornell. And even even with that knowledge, he still made the choice to end his own life. I can't, like, I can't imagine what kind of pain the dude must have been in, you know? There must have been something going wrong there, you know, to know how bad people must be hurting and you still make that really selfish decision, you know, um, <clears throat> it just really sucks, man. It's, it's just sad. He was 41. He was, he was seven years older than me, you know, um, and, and I wish, you know, I wish he hadn't done that. That said though, um, you know, everybody who's listening to this, you know, reach out to the people in your life and make sure that that all of them know, you know, keep, keep an eye on each other, everybody, man. Uh, make sure that the people in your life know that, you know, that you're there for them, that they that that everybody has somebody to talk to, you know, and the other side of that and. <clears throat> When I was younger, I said this kind of flippantly, I think, in, in polite company or whatever, but um, I think this is completely true. If, if you know somebody who has taken their own life, I do. I, I, I've, I've had friends who've killed themselves. Um, you almost You almost get this like, this feeling of like, man, why didn't he say something to me? It's selfish in a way, right? It's it's kind of this selfish impulse, like, wasn't I an important enough person in this person's life for them to have come to me? Didn't they know they could have come to me, you know? Um, but I came to the realization, and, and part of this, I think, is just, you know, I, I live and work in, in a military community. You know, there's a lot of military who, and former military who are my friends. And I don't know if everybody knows the statistic on this, but it's something like, um, you know, 22 veterans, you know, a day, something like that commit suicide, you know? So I've known some folks is what I'm saying. Um, but it's just this, it's just this feeling of, of like helplessness, you know, that the, survivor has the people that they leave behind the people that that commit suicide the people that they leave behind there's just this feeling of like gosh man you know you you could have said something or or you know 
was there something different that I could have done to make this person feel, you know, like, like their life is, you know, has more meaning that they could have stuck around. Um, but I think I've come to the realization over the years that <clears throat> there's a certain point and I don't use the term like cry for help, but I think there's a certain point that if somebody is committed to ending their life, that's what they're going to do, you know, um, you know, like they won't be the suicide attempt survivor. They will be the one that got it done. And, you know, so I think although it's natural to, to have these, you know, super remorseful feelings and, and these feelings of regret, you know, it's important for, for everybody, you know, still living to realize like, hey, you know, this is a person that made their choice and, and they kind of went out on their own terms. And that's not to glorify it at all. Like, I want to be clear, like, it's a horribly stupid and selfish choice to make, you know, there are people that you will hurt that you won't have to deal with because you're already gone, you know, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it just sucks. I don't really know where else to go with this. I, I was, I was super sad to hear that news. Um, wow. That was like 15 minutes of a pretty sweet bummer on a podcast, right? So, <clears throat> who wants to talk about some superheroes, right? So, I went and I took the kids to see uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And it was great. It really was great. Um, you know, I was thinking about it too, like, when uh, when Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man came out, like, you know, the Sam Raimi movies, the first one. Like, the CGI and the effects and, like, what you could do, they were at a certain level, you know? But I, I feel like, you know, even looking at clips and stuff from that movie, I feel like there were some areas where you still had to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit. Like, you know, I remember watching it in the theater at the time and being like, oh, man, they're doing it. You really I feel like this guy really is swinging through the city. You know, he's really, you know, the, this iconic image of Spider-Man, you know, and, and he's really doing it. Um, But looking back on it now, like there were some things where it was like you can kind of watch it now and be like, wow, they, you know, they were really trying their best and they really did a great job with what they had. Um, but now like watching, watching Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And I, and I think this is true of a lot of the, uh, mm, a lot of the movies in the Marvel universe. Like, um, they, uh, they do ground themselves in reality to, to a degree. I mean, you know, there's some stuff with physics that doesn't quite work with a bunch of the movies and stuff like this, you know, but, but I mean, this isn't hard science fiction or anything. This is, you know, this is a, this is a costume, you know, drama. This is a superhero movie. Um, but I thought it was super, you know, a, a whole lot of fun. You know, I thought the movie was a whole lot of fun. I liked the tone of it. I liked that it was basically a high school movie. I liked the idea. And I heard somebody else say this, you could strip away all of the superhero elements from this movie and you would still have a pretty serviceable like high school slash coming of age movie you really would tom holland was brilliant in it the supporting cast was brilliant in it the guy who played ned uh spider-man's friend was hawking brilliant in this movie he was hilarious he had some poignant moments he was super good 
you know, and he kind of reminded me of like, you know, kind of awkward, you know, awkward teenage years, kids I went to high school with and stuff. So I, I anyway, I thought it was a really dope movie. No, no real spoilers here. If you've seen enough of the trailers, you get the gist of what the movie's about. I'm sure everybody's seen it at this point. If you're listening to this podcast and you're and you're interested in stuff that, you know, we generally cover on here, you've probably seen it. So, boosh. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> what else is going on? Defenders. Marvel Defenders. This is going to be released on Netflix in August. So, I wrote an article... Um, <clears throat> I wrote an article uh, for the DIR Studios uh, webpage that that was the the premise of it was defending the last defender because when uh, when Iron Fist came out it got a lot of shit <clears throat> and I really enjoyed Iron Fist um, I thought it was a campy cheesy in some areas kung fu show you know it was a very very like there was a lot of callbacks to you know to to kung fu you know with David Carradine, you know straight down to the fact you know that, you know. Here's here's kind of an a fish out of water you know a person who's a fish out of water at at the kung fu monastery that he's growing in up in, and now coming back to America to seek out his family, he's a fish out of water again you know and. And he's just, you know, trying to make his way, you know, make make his way across the landscape with only Kung Fu as his guide, you know. I thought it was great on that level. I thought uh, the character of Colleen Wing was good. Um, freaking uh, Rosario Dawson's Claire Temple, again. Although I do, I do agree that, like, they lean on her for a lot of exposition sometimes, but... Man, that's kind of the function of, of her character being, being the through point for the series. So, um... Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Danny Rand team team up again with uh with Luke Cage and with um uh, uh uh Jessica Jones and Daredevil and and you know go fight crime once again. I've been having like this like awesome like post nasal drip cough here <laughs> for the last couple of days, so there might be some weird cuts in this uh in this podcast, you know, where I where I had to deal with stuff. What are we talking about? The Defenders, right? Yeah, okay. So, um I'm I'm super curious to see, you know, the dynamic, you know, in that superhero team. We've seen, of course, uh Marvel MCU uh folks, you know, team up vis-a-vis the Avengers. Um and we've kind of seen how uh, Marvel Studios handles an ensemble cast. And I wonder if I kind of wonder, you know, kind of what it's going to be like, you know, to stretch that out over 10 episodes, you know, that, that meeting, you know, are there going to be some episodes that are solely devoted to, you know, what's going on with Daredevil, what's going on with Jessica Jones. It's been a really long time since we saw Jessica Jones. So how much catch up are we going to have to do with her? You know, um, are, are some of the stronger series going to elevate, you know, elements from, from, you know, weaker series. You know, uh, Daredevil gets a lot of praise, but there were some really, really slow moments in both season one and season two of Daredevil. Some episodes that felt like they could have been condensed a little bit, in my opinion. Some some episodes that felt like filler episodes. Luke Cage um, is one of my 
all-time favorites so far, you know, just in terms of any show, any television. Um, I find it extremely rewatchable, just from soundtrack to iconic moments. I, I just, I thought it was great. So, um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to The Defenders in August. Netflix, man, Netflix is, Netflix is killing it. Netflix is killing it in entertainment uh, the same way that, you know, uh, Marvel Lucas film Disney is killing it the same way that I mean <clears throat> you know just just being able to give people the content they want not only you know like the you know movies that come out but their original series and stuff like that they're uh you know the the stuff that they develop in house is so good um so you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, you know whatever else they have you know coming down the coming down the line. Um, speaking of which, I finally watched, uh, and I know like a lot of you out there be like, really? But I finally watched Breaking Bad. So let me explain. Like this is how TV works for me, right? I feel like my time is very very finite in a way. Like <clears throat> I run around, I do a bunch of stuff. I I try to have a life and spend time with my kids and, and, uh, you know, do uh, jujitsu takes up a bunch of my time. It really does, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. But, um, all that said, there's not really a lot of time for me to devote to multiple series. So usually like I'll watch one series at a time, one thing at a time. And, uh, by the time I really became aware of breaking bad, like I was watching other stuff and I think it was already two, maybe two or three seasons in. So I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to play catch up on this. So I finally watched it. And, um, <clears throat> I feel like if I would have watched like, um, one episode at a time of that, you know, and I was waiting for new seasons to come out and stuff like that, then, then I would have been cool. But like watching it all in bulk, you know, uh, like, like binge watching my way through it. It was a little bit hard at times. There was some super cringy moments in it for me. There was some moments like, like every time Walter was going to get into a fight with, uh, with Skylar, you know, every time he was doing something crazy that I knew she was going to come down on him for, I didn't want to see it. You know, like it was like when, when he buys his son a car for the second time, like I had to turn it off because I was like, man, you know, Skylar's not me happy about this. She's, you know, now, now a fight's going to ensue and I don't want to see that fight. You know, I don't want to see where this, where this leads to, you know, and why is he making this dumb decision? You know, why is he so impulsive? Why won't he accept the money from his friends? You know, why, you know, I, I just, there was a bunch of it that, that just didn't sit right with me, I guess. That said, I did enjoy the series, but I mean, I'm not super psyched for it to like make, you know, like, like some people like, well, maybe if they made a movie or I just miss those characters. I don't really miss those characters. I didn't find a lot of redeemable qualities to most of them. And I didn't really find a lot of stuff that I could relate to. And I know that puts me like in a, in a stark minority to a bunch of people who really, really like that show. But you know, it is what it is. And you like what you like. Um, man, what else is going on in life? nothing i guess man that's about it i i i guess i just wanted to you know talk about some stuff you know i i got i, I saw that news this morning 
Um, I want to throw this out here one more time. I want to throw this out one more time. Uh, you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, you know, I really, really appreciate you. Um, some of the best episodes of this, you know, tend to be, and some of the comments that I get are, are just based around like stories that me and Sherrod might have, you know, or, or stories that, you know, me and me and if, if I do have another guest, you know, that we tell. So, you know, if anybody out there in podcast land has an interesting story, you do something interesting or, you know, or if you live someplace, you know, you, you just like the world to know about or you're doing something that you'd like the world to know about, you know, hit us up on Facebook or whatever, or, or, you know, just, you know, where, wherever you, wherever you consume podcasts, you know, send us some, you know, send us a message or something. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We, I'd, I'd love to have you maybe on the podcast even, you know, the one thing that I really like about uh, this form of media is that it it kind of democratizes voices in a way, you know, like I used to when I was a kid, uh, I would take these like kind of long car trips with my grandparents and we'd listen to music for a while. And like I brought some I brought some cassette tapes with me to listen to on my Walkman in the 90s. Um, but uh, like that would only get me so far like you can you you can listen to the same Queen album over and over and over again, especially if it's like one of the greatest hits and all the bangers are on there, right? But eventually I'd, I'd kind of unplug from that and rejoin the real world and the rest of the car. And they'd always have talk radio going on. And, you know, this was kind of, you know, back in the day before talk radio was like super polarizing or whatever. Like Rush Limbaugh was around or whatever, but like a lot of it was like, coast to coast with art bell and they'd like tell ghost stories or whatever they'd talk about like these weird experiences and stuff and i loved that and um i really liked um you know it's just kind of soothing to hear to hear people talking for one but then for the other on the other side like you get introduced to some ideas that you never that you never heard before you know like the first time i heard like about like parallel universe theory or like what would be like described as Hugh Everett's many worlds theory. That was definitely on, on AM radio, you know, back in the day. But I would always like wonder like, man, who are these people? These people experts or these people just wackos in a room? Like what's going on, you know? And now I can clearly say that most people that make podcasts are just wackos in a room. (laughs) And, and I'm one of them right now. So, what I'm saying is like, if you're out there in the world, you know, hit us up, join me, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, from some, from some of our listeners and, and just, you know, from some people around the world, you know, don't worry. Nobody basically listens to this. It's, it's, you know, anywhere between, you know, 10 and a couple hundred people might listen to you, you know? Um, but you know, I, li- I just like to hear people's stories and, and uh, I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be an interesting thing to do on this uh, on this platform. So, um, yeah, this is a short one. It's probably going to come to like, I don't know, 25 minutes or something like that. Maybe 30. It might be a solid 30. So if you were driving to work or something, this, this was like probably a good one just to throw on. Um, next time I come back, I'll have some form of co-host with me and, and we can, you know, shoot the shit a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, hey, stay safe, everybody. You know, stay safe.
If you're feeling all bummed out, reach out to somebody. Thanks once again, Pacific Grappler, Central Translation Services. Um, and uh, see y'all later. Bye. Thank you.